Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness. With the remaining Guinness Six Nations games postponed, the Guinness Pint Predictor will finish up and the current table standings will be final. Uh, so well done to anyone in- involved in that and to Jim as well, uh, the Legends champion, weren't you, mate? Uh, I, if you're telling me it's true, then um, I'll take it. No, the Legends champion is a bit much. He won our league out, of, out of Jim and I and Tim Groves. Yeah, three legendary people, four of us all together. I win it. But there's a Guinness Legends League as well, Jim. Is that? Yeah. Okay. That you didn't win. All right, well. But you played very well. It's probably, t- you know, it's like the Six Nations. Let's just move on. I love how you say we- I played. I played on my phone. You, you do a lot playing with your phone, don't you? Yeah, I do, yeah. When you're on the toilet? I spend a lot of time on my phone in the morning. The wife does ask me, what are you doing in there? Contemplating. Is this the first one in the morning that you sent me a picture of the other day? Oh, my days. What? The picture that James Hamilton sent me last week. Am I ill? Well, it's Gillian, it's G- Gillian McTeeth or whatever her name is. The, He's uh, put, am I ill? And it's the biggest poo I've ever seen in my life. Well, clearly, I'm not ill. <coughs> I've got big intestines, haven't I? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I've been known to block many a toilet. Yeah. And, is, uh, is that a pine nut in there as well, or is it a piece of sweet? I'm sure I eat a lot of nuts, so I, I eat vegetables and nuts, oh. mate. Hey, we should all eat that now. Welcome to the Rugby Pod this week, talking about Jim's excrement. So, a big weekend, obviously, Jim, was it, or what? Mate, it's like the famous Akon said, we got locked up, they won't let me out. We got locked up, they Don't won't let me out. out. Locked up, hesitate, no, no, number come by. I don't know the words, but I just know that we've been locked up. Yes, I mean, what, what do we say? We are on lockdown. I mean, this is uh, crazy. Joked about it a few weeks ago thinking it weren't going to be that serious my word it is serious business not just for me not just for you but for everyone i mean you have dreams about stuff like this you know like the end of the world and you, you, don't, you don't have dreams this isn't a dream jim this is a fucking nightmare for people i don't know what do we say about it it's absolute bedlam isn't it forget the rugby i mean obviously we'll talk as much as we can about ruggers this is about life people dying out there and genuinely like this is crazy so we're you know we're going to try and speak to the millions and, and give them something to listen to and we'll have a laugh which we will do but let's not forget it's serious business out there and i think the worrying thing is is we still don't know so mm. at the minute we're thinking that the older people are, are being more affected by this situation then you're watching stuff unfold on the news and i've watched the news more than i've ever watched in my life then you're on social media you're like oh my god have you read this have you seen this Agudi, i'm going to send you another picture tomorrow morning just to try and lighten the load get it load you did lighten the load see well, a lighten the load with some load as well you know but then you speak and you hear different people's stories about how they're affected and you know there's people on social media saying that the games are cancelled so they're affected because they're self-employed i was chatting to my sister she's a, a physicist therapist she's self-employed and working out actually how people are going to make a living not just in sport or lads playing sport girls playing sport us talking about sport but your everyday person like i just i can't i mean i look i don't want to say too much because i'm an influencer right so Mm -hmm. what i say people might go out there and do so i'm not going to say what i think you should do why don't you tell people to stop stocking up on toilet paper this is the problem so you've been talking about courtesy wipe all your life you come in you have a you wiping your ass why you've seen why there's a a courtesy wipe you're wiping your ass for no reason so everyone's listened to that and gone i need to head down the supermarket and buy as much toilet paper as i can there's none anywhere i'm sorry so what just get the b-day out use a shower it is carnage out there so for all the listeners stay safe we'll try and be there as much as we can to guide you facilitate you and you know i knew it the acon said it once locked up they won't let me out and he was right 
I mean, we, we had a normal weekend, family weekend. We went swimming with the kids a couple of times. Yes, I weed in the pool again, Andy Rowe, before you look at me. You're disgusting. And I saw another dad look at me and go, you know, they're pulling the face. I'm like... What, you were pulling the face? I think he was as well. No, no, he's look, He's pulling the face. He's looking at you wondering where your nipples are. <laughs> and you're like, mate, lift it up. Here they are. They're underneath. He's never seen anything like it in his life. So, yeah, um, it could get to a... I mean, imagine being in Italy when they are on lockdown. You know, imagine being at home with the four kids and you can't leave your front door. I, all I'm thinking about is Vern Cotter. He must be going absolutely ballistic, shaking hands. Do you remember that one time he went mad at me yeah. for shaking hands? So every day when I'm in bed, I'm, I'm thinking of Vern. I'm you were thinking, right, mate. I was right. Shouldn't shake hands. Mate. Do you want to tell that story again? Yeah. So basically, Scotland 2015, my final test match was down in Turin. World Cup, we all heard what happened. Hey, and they laughed about Rabbit Gate back then. Who's laughing now? Because I know how to look after my family and all this. I'm going to be swinging rabbits around, popping them on the floor. Eyeballs exploding out there. And that we're all surviving. So the story goes with Vern Cotter is... is I wasn't meant to be playing down in Italy. I was meant to be on the bench. Grant Gilchrist was captain. Were you, Co- were you vice captain? I was vice captain. I was basically captain on the bench okay. that, that day. Yeah. So just getting my leadership credentials through. And we're in the team room, ready to go to the match. Rumour has it that Gilko's ill. So Gilko comes down to the team room and you can see he looks pale as anything. Projectile vomiters over the, the whole room. There's hysteria because he's Vern's boy. Sends him back to his room. The Batman call gets sent out. Jim, you're in. Pack leader. Play the game. We beat Italy in my final test match for Scotland 2015 in Turin and some lads are going down like flies, right? I ain't. Not I and Belly Jim. So we go down for breakfast in the morning. The few lads are ill and we're around by the breakfast area before we go. And what Vern had within the team was everyone had to go around and shake each, every player's hands in the morning. So if you came into the room, you had to physically go over to people. I'd expect people to come to me, really, if they wanted to shake my hand. Vice captain. So, vice captain. So as vice captain in, in the leadership group, I've walked into the room. I've made a calculated decision that there's sickness amongst the, the ranks. Wow. You don't want to lose your leader. So I'm stood by breakfast, making sure that I'm not going near anyone. Next thing, Vern stands up and goes ballistic. So I'm looking around the room. I'm looking for Phil Godman. He's no longer in the team. So I'm like, Who, who's gone out last night? Who's caused the problem? I'm trying to look around the room. Is Greg Laidlaw, a.k.a. Darren, come out to play? Who is it? Next thing, he makes a beeline for me. And he's like, you should know better. I'm thinking, what's he on about? We won the game last night in Italy, which is a rarity. I'm your captain, vice-captain. And you're speaking to me like, shit, what's happened? He's like, you should know you've played in France. You shake everyone's hand in the morning. Everyone's hand in the morning. Takes me outside. Did you look at him and go... Who the fucking hell do you think you're talking to like that? I was thinking, how much coffee have you had? And how many cigarettes have you just smoked? My goodness. So I'm taken aback by this situation. And he goes ballistic at me. I swear to God, he is going mad. I'm like, what? what's going on here? And as we know, the story unfolds. Your vice captain gets dropped out of the squad and never plays for Scotland again. Two-step lob, you'd have gone for, wouldn't you? I would have gone for a two-step lob against Australia. It would have been different. My point being is Vern was massive on shaking hands because of his time in France. I'm not like that I'm a bit weird like that you know like where I've grown up like in Cov and stuff which is just north of the Hebrides uh, in Scotland is we just do things differently we, like my family my wife's family is very different so my family like we're not like if I see my mum I don't we, you know we don't cuddle or whatever we're just like that I don't know we've just always been like that I so. bet your mum would like it if you cuddled it yeah though. yeah she, she might cry which is a bit weird but um, so I'm not very affectionate only 
with the kids. So I'm only affectionate with the kids. Like I'll give back a high five sometimes, some days in the morning, but I'm not that affectionate <laughs> to my wife either. I'll give back a high five. So in I what don't. Context? Yeah. Well, yeah. Really. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I'm not that. I'm not that affectionate. And and you know, when, now I've been in different cultures. You know, I'm an international superstar. You meet more people, so you come into close proximity of you know. And when you meet people's wives, or we say hello, do you kiss them? You know, I've been kissed in the eye once before. It just gets all awkward. So now that this is unfolding, this is normal for me. I don't like being close to people. I don't like shaking hands anyway. The moral of the story is Vern must be going out of his mind. That is what I'm saying because no one's shaking hands. No one's shaking hands. Good weekend, good. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps not the story like Jim, but. Uh, yeah, we had a bit of family time. I was supposed yeah. to do uh, the Premiership Cup final on Sunday. Got cancelled. Anyone see Steve Diamond's video from Cheltenham Races on Friday? Yeah, he looked like he was having fun. I mean, he's had he's had a lot of Guinness and he that day, and he was like, "I guarantee the game will be." No, it wasn't, Steve. It was cancelled. There's a there's a one horse race. <laughs> Team bag. <laughs> uh, so yeah, did that. I had the pleasure of interviewing. Steve Harmison and Graham Gooch last oh, yeah. was it last Wednesday. Is his Thursday? name Gooch or not? Really, Graham Gooch. Is it or not? Is yeah, it, I asked him. I joke? said, "Can I see you, Gooch?" And he was like, "You want me?" Did he not get it? No, he didn't. Right, get that's it. fine. He didn't get it because there was a drink called Gooch as well. What? No, it was Hooch. 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 Um, but yeah, Harmy was. Uh, it's always nice. Oh, to Harmy, see. here he is. He's a good lad, Harmy. Great lad. It's always nice to see a sportsman that's retired and was at the top of his game and achieved the ultimate accolade as a cricketer of winning the Ashes. Yet when he's retired, he's put on more weight than me. It just made me feel good about myself. You know, I had a picture. I was like, Harmy, just come and stand next to me. Make me look good. Make me feel good. Can I feel you so I feel good as well? How did he feel? Uh, He felt rubbery. Did he? Yeah, yeah. Did he he have that kind of thing like sandpaper when you stroke his back like you do, like your hair underneath? (laughs) I've got no hair on my back, mate. Don't forget. Okay, fine. I've got that contraption. You have. I used it at the weekend. I'm getting hairs on my back now. What is that? It's it's called hairs on your back, Jim. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, So yeah, no, family time really. It was good fun. Well, there wasn't much rugby to talk about over the weekend, uh, but we're not short on talking points to discuss, so let's get into it. Joe Marler, he got a 10-week ban for touching Alwyn Jones below the belt. Manu Tuolangi got a four-week ban for his tackle on George North. And Muhammad Hawass got a three-week ban for his punch on Jamie Ritchie. What do you guys make of those bans? Do you think they were fair? Do you think uh, it was consistent? I think ultimately when you... You look at it, and pe- people, social media again, people look at it and go, Joe Marler, the picture of him, this is 10 weeks. How ass, the punch to the face, the picture of it, this is three weeks. Manu Tuolangi, the tackle nearly taking George North's head off, that's four weeks. And people then get outraged about looking at the differences. But ultimately, for me, it's the frameworks, which is the guidelines to how they're treated at their disciplinary panel. The, the framework around Joe Marler's one, entry level 12 weeks, they gave him 12 weeks, then they mitigated it down to nine, but for his conduct and his remorse, and then put it up by his another remorse. week. His remorse? Where was his remorse? Well, obviously at the hearing. We weren't oh, at the okay. hearing, were we? So he's probably he gone wore to a the suit. He wore a suit. Yeah, and said he was sorry or whatever. And then ultimately, uh, I think they put it up by a week because of his previous record as well. So it, that's how it got to 10 weeks. What we can't change is the framework at the minute around what each ban is given out for a punch, for a tackle, for a squeeze of you know, Alan Jones's piece, whatever, whatever. The frameworks are there. So they, the disciplinary procedures have to stick to those frameworks and, and work out where the entry level point is. And I think for each one, they've they've done it fairly. And what people's outrage is the fact that it looks worse that the punch is three weeks, which when you're watching it on TV, 
you probably think that's the the most aggressive uh, thing that's happened out of the three disciplinary procedures, yet it's got the least amount of the ban. So when you sit there and you, you sum it up that way, people go, oh, it's ridiculous. But the disciplinary officers are guided by the complete frameworks for, for which each one is a different case. And, and that's what they've gone by. Do you think the frameworks have worked then in this case? Oh, I mean, but by the letter of the law, rules is rules. Yes. I mean, I can see where people's anger would be with the majority of people or a large populace of people. I've, I've heard that in the news. Populace is a word, isn't it? Uh, yes, is that, That's a lot of people, isn't it? Yes, gr- Smashed it. A populace of people, you know, don't think Joe Marler did anything wrong. So they're thinking that it's an absolute outrage. But again, we spoke about it and as time passes and I'm still not overly bothered either way if he got a one-week ban or a 10-week ban. But they need to make a statement because there was uproar People saw the punch that Howis threw on Jamie Ritchie and people saw the tackle that Manu put in on George North, if you want to call it a tackle. These things happen all the time. So there are two instances that would happen a lot. Maybe not the punch. The punch doesn't happen as much maybe as it used to. Well, it definitely doesn't. I think the thing around Joe Marler's thing is it was the game that arguably got bought into disrepute and Mm. they needed to make a statement. If he would have got a one-week ban, it's almost as if the powers that be are laughing a little bit at the situation and being like, look, mate, we need to give you a one-week ban just because we need to ban you. I think by giving him a 10-week ban, it shows, actually, mate, you, you do this, again, anyone, there's serious consequences. A three-week ban's a three-week ban. I mean, stating the obviously, you missed three games. 10 weeks is a large part of the season. So I, I think it shows now, it sends a message clearly out there. So if anyone thought that it was all right, or it was banned, well, all yeah, the right. All the best, go out there and do it because you're going to get a lengthy ban off the back of doing that. And we didn't see any remorse off Joe. All we've seen is he's, he's come off social media. Well, he put, he put on Twitter, didn't he? He's probably not helped himself by going, putting the tweet out, bollocks, bollocks this not, is complete yeah, bollocks. Exactly, which is funny. Like Again, I laughed at it. I was like, yeah, you know, and you're trying to build something around it. But but you also go back, go back to Nathan Hughes last year. He's tweeted at the time during the hearing when obviously they're waiting going, this is a complete joke. And they've given him more of a ban for his conduct where where is it at a hearing some people go his conduct was he was remorseful he said he was sorry you know he obviously we've got character references and and you get it mitigated down nathan hughes has got mitigated up because he tweeted so it it was pretty silly of joe to tweet that but again it's uh, all around attention and ultimately he's got a 10-week ban which is effective quins and quins have gone mad about it as well they said it's not fair on them because he's their player yet he's not going to miss any international rugby so maybe there's Maybe things need to be looked at. You know, if you are banned for something, you know, if you get a ten week ban, you can mitigate something around. You get six weeks from your club and four international games. The clubs are the ones when you're on international duty that get the brunt of it because they miss all the game. No, Joe Marlon's going to miss the rest of the season pretty much if the season were to be carried on as normal. We now know it's not because of coronavirus, but that would be an effect as well. And again, you have to go back and say, right, are, people go, it's ten weeks. Is it 10 games? Is it 10 weeks? From what we think, it's 10 games, isn't it? I think it's 10 games. Yeah, Which is over yeah. a 10-week well, period. Well, I know it's 10 games. Because they actually, I've been to one, and they go, right, what's your fixture list coming up? What games have you got that realistically you're going to play in? And I was like, oh, the Army on a Tuesday night, I'd definitely play in that game. Of course I wouldn't. This was when I was at Worcester. And that, so then they go, right, you've got a premiership game followed by another premiership game. So this would be your ban, et cetera, et cetera. And I've never been banned. They let me off because they said, you know, when I elbowed Tom Croft in the face, it was... You know, it was a reaction to me trying to pull out the tackle. <laughs> but that's the thing. So they, he's going to miss 10 games. And I, I presume that'll be backdated or 
front dated to, to whenever we start the season again. I think for me, this is a turning point for Joe. I don't want to sit here and sound like the Oracle or someone that, that's preaching about what he should do. But I think that there's no doubt about it that he's a quality player, you know, arguably world-class in his position. You know, Eddie Jones spoke that he should have played in the final ahead of Mako, which is a massive statement. He's in the England team. You know, he's playing for a good team. He's a British and Irish Lion. So we all know that he's been trying to build this persona and he's been brilliant in some of the stuff that he's done when he was on the Jonathan Ross show. He was hilarious. Um, you know, when he put out his video ahead of the Harlequins game, when he came back from the World Cup, the Clippity Clop, can't take a horse to water. Loved it. Thought it was brilliant. He's been on the podcast. Brilliant. So again, I don't want to sound like I'm preaching to what he should be doing, but he's at a crossroads now. Does he want to be Joe Marler, the rugby player? And does he want to be his very best at doing that and get his head down? He shaved his Mohican off. It seemed like he did want to do that. He's starting loose head for England. Or does he want to carry on building this persona on social media? And of course, you're going to do stuff away from the game. But, you know, we did the McDonald's um, ad and stuff like that. And it's brilliant. Like, And there's no doubt about it. This thing that's happened against Wales is going to be laughed about in three or four years' time when he retires. But if he carries on, if he carries on in the same vein, which I'm sure he won't, and he's, you know, he's shouting on the pitch and, you know, he's fighting with Haskell, you know, like them kind of scenarios with his mates and he's not going to go around flicking nuts again. But if he carries on doing these things, it's going to turn and people are going to be like, this guy's a joker now. Do you know what I mean? Or he can use it and be like, actually, I've kind of built up what I needed to do. You know, I've got a massive social media following. I'm doing something for McDonald's. I've got a presence in the media. I am a character, but actually I want to be taken serious now on the rugby pitch. Or he might throw the sausages out the pram and be like, actually, I've had enough. I've had enough of all this now and he might be pissed off. So I've not heard anything. I've not heard a statement from him. And there's obviously loads going on in the world at the minute anyway. So not that we're looking out for a statement, but what's he thinking about? What does he truly think about it? Is he going to say sorry? I'm sure that he spoke to Alan Wynn. You know, Alan Wynn's taken a lot of shit as well. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, there's clearly a line. People are like, it's a, it's a joke. It's not. You can't grab someone by the piece. You cross over that line, which he clearly has, and he's done it a few times. Then, you know, you, you can have to suffer the consequences. And, and the one that does me is... Mike Brown's come out and started piping up about Alan Wynne-Jones. Everyone in the press and everyone on social media is like, oh, they're mates. Alan Wynne-Jones and Joe Marler are mates. Just because they've been on a Lions tour, like we've said many times, you don't have to like everyone on your team and you put on this facade that sometimes, you know, you didn't like everyone you played with with Scotland, did you? And I'm sure everyone didn't like you, but... Oh, Scotland's all right. We've all played in teams where there's people that we don't get on with. But you don't go out in public and go, I don't like him when you're part of the same team. So everyone's going on about Alan Jones and, you know, he should take one for the team here and all this stuff. And Mike Brown's comments are just ludicrous. You know, Brownie, who isn't in the international scene anymore. Again, he's trying to build some sort of media presence, which I appreciate. But, you know, Brownie's comments of Alan Jones have thrown Joe Marler under the bus. Alan Jones has been asked a question in a press conference. And Alan Jones has done nothing wrong here, I don't think. And secondly sometimes you do things in life that you think are funny at the time they're not and we've all made mistakes just hold your hands up take the ban let's move on and no one will be touching people in that area again will they the one that interests me is you know and I wrote a piece about it for Rugby Pass last week about the whole Eddie Jones scenario I'm so shocked that Six Nations or World Rugby haven't come out and and haven't come out and sanctioned Eddie Jones for what he said. I know Bill Sweeney, the CEO of England Rugby, came out and said we don't condone those words and, and that rhetoric around casting aspersions on the referee. But imagine a premiership. How many times has Steve Diamond or a Richard Cockerell been in trouble, been in front of a disciplinary hearing? You know, Cocker's got banned from the stadium, didn't he? We've seen coaches reprimanded, and you see it in football, you see it in rugby. Anyone that says anything bad against the referee, 
they get reprimanded. You know, they'll get fined, they'll get stadium bans, whatever, whatever. And there, there is obviously a process to go through, which I haven't got in front of me, but how nothing's been done to Eddie Jones is beyond me. Well, we thought we were going to get at least one game in the Guinness Six Nations over the weekend up until about 24 hours. And uh, while Scotland got caught off, are you guys surprised that they didn't call that off earlier? Yeah, I am. And I actually feel for a lot of people involved in that game, not just the fans and stuff like that. You know, there's, um, I was chatting to Tom Shanklin, who's involved in a hospitality company as well. You know, in the lead up to the game, clearly you need to get all the food in, get all the drink in, um, act as if it's going to go on everything's carrying on because they're the messages around that game the team obviously traveled down to wales as well with their rubber gloves on safety first and we all knew it was going to get canned we all knew it so not just the money implications for the fans and people involved and did you know, we did we all know it was going to be canned though? Uh, yeah i think I, th- I, th- I think as the day went on so i'm not saying that they knew it was good that they knew it was going to get canned because they're going based on the information that they've got but i think if someone was to say Tell me right now, is the game going on, yes or no? What would you say? I would have said no. Because of the momentum that was gathering around everything else. I understand that, but then this is the issue of it. So the Stereophonics have had two massive concerts in Cardiff over the last couple of days. So why didn't they get cancelled? I don't think you can actually... For people to say the WRU and and Six Nations should have cancelled the game way before, I think is pretty harsh. Mm. Because like this is an ever-changing story, isn't it, in terms of how serious it is. So... You just have to make it. When a decision's made, that's it made. Did you so, think the game was going to go? I, I, I did, yeah. Like the Bath Half Marathon went on on, on Sunday. Mm. <laughs> Ridiculous. When you look back at it now. So you have to judge it as you see it there. And then, and they made the decision late in the day. Um, you know, Unfortunately, with that, there are a lot of people affected by it. People would have travelled to Wales to watch it. Businesses would have been affected. Revenue, ticket sales, refunds, etc., etc. And there's a whole backlog of things that you're going to have to go through around that but ultimately they've made it when they've made it and you just have to respect it I suppose and the premiership clubs are meeting today and uh, clubs are also discussing the European quarterfinals on the weekend of April 4th with both expected to be suspended so it looks like they're going to suspend everything for at least a month are you guys surprised by that I think the right thing to do is postpone it for a period of time and then reevaluate further down the line so you delay it for a month and then reconvene and make another decision if you just cancel it now some people would say that's the right thing to do. But others would say, what happens if it's the, the situation's a lot better in six weeks? Is there a contingency plan then? And there'll be this is what everyone will be talking about. CEOs of clubs, you know, the CEO, Darren Charles of, of Premiership Rugby, they'll all be having open conversations around it and also fitting in the bigger picture of, you know, yes, is the Premiership just your competition, but it wouldn't be fair for the Premiership teams to play a couple of games leading into the, the European quarterfinals and the, the Guinness Pro 14 teams playing no games. So you have to find a balance and it might be that the Champions Cup gets completely disbanded with this year, which would be a massive shame. But ultimately, I think when you're looking at the actual league system, because you've still got to qualify via the league to have the Champions Cup next year. So you have to prioritize, you may have to prioritise something. They'll delay the season. It may go on into the summer. You can't just say we're postponing all the games for four weeks, but on the fourth week, you can come back into the club and start playing games again because players will get deconditioned as well. So, you know, where do players go... Do they still train collectively? Is there an issue then with the same problem of having too many people sweating on each other and the potential risk of spreading the virus that way? So I think it because we are at the early stages of this pandemic, we have to just postpone things for maybe a month and then keep an eye on it. You don't, you don't need to stop your jobs as a CEO. You, you can work from home. You can have email conversations. You can have phone conversations about the ever-changing story. But 
businesses and people are going to be affected massively by it, not just in sport, across the world. There's lots of people on social media asking what your guys' solution would be to this season. What would you do? We were chatting about it in the car. How about that ride in? That's what Alan said on the hangover. Um, In Goody's Range Rover. Lovely ride in. What did we... We had a star bar. We did. Packet of prawn cocktail crisps. Did you? And about 15 Marie Mints and you had a can of Coke. So... Coachera Cherry. Oh, was it? I didn't yeah. know. I just heard the heard it and smelt it. So, lovely driving. We're chatting about it. Actually, if there's going to be any positives about it, and we'll try and draw a few, is that the game might be, games might be in the summer. Now, a lot of people have spoken about wanting it to be a summer sport or a global season. It could be quite nice. It, it'd be horrible to think that that's the end of the season, wouldn't it, really? With everything that's going on. It'd be, I mean, you know, there's talk of the summer tours. I read something that the Scotland's tour to South Africa, New Zealand is going to be cancelled or moved. Again, it's only stuff that you read it. I, as much as I am the Oracle and I'm a man of information on this one, I don't know. But if you're asking what I would like, I'd love to see all the games played. I'd love to see them in the summer. We delay it. Four weeks isn't a long time, really. You know, if you're injured for four weeks you can generally get back into the fold. I think any longer after that six, eight weeks, you do become a lot more deconditioned. And I'd love to see the games all played in the summer, the Champions Cup and the Guinness Six Nations. And come the end of the summer, there's no summer tours. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. But we get a conclusion of Premiership Champs, Guinness Pro 14 Champions, European Cup, and who wins again in Six Nations. Wouldn't that be lovely? I, I think you have to agree. The thing that's not that important to me in the bigger picture is the summer tours so you can can those um, and you can then restrict travel and certain games but I think it's important that if there is an opportunity to finish a season you can the summer tour we've had a World Cup we've had a you know the Six Nations maybe do that in October like they're talking about um, and then you delay the start of the next season so play when we can get back on our feet and playing again that should be the priority about finishing the season if there are windows and then perhaps delaying next year. But you talk about deconditioning, James. Yeah, I'm looking at the right man. You, I mean, I went, as you know, went to the gym twice last week, a couple of bike sessions. Oh, my doms. That's all I'm going to say. Doms? So, doms. Delayed onset of muscle soreness. <laughs> Happy with that? What is it? Delayed onset of muscle soreness. I think it's just delayed onset muscle soreness. There's no of. Just letting you know. I mean, as I am an influencer. Whatever. Stiffness. Stiffness. Anyway, so I like to relax at home with playing darts. I've got the rig for it, right? Got my dartboard set up in my office at home. I did some guns and I did some tricep pushdowns. I couldn't move my triceps for about three days afterwards. Mate, Stephen Ferris always said the triceps are the ones, mate. Oh. They're the game changer. So I said to the missus, I, you know, I got home, I had my look. She's like, you look good. Let's Let's, let's go and play darts. It. Let's go and get it on. I went, hold on a minute, love. I'm going to play a bit of darts. Couldn't throw me darts. So uh, First tri- world problems, eh? My oh, triceps. Wow. Being back in the gym since December for the first time, twice in a week, my triceps were deconditioned. Nice. Well, the Guinness Pro 14 made the decision to suspend the league on Thursday, and we're going to have a chat now with the Pro 14's tournament director, David Jordan, just to get some facts across. How are you, mate? I'm good, yeah. Thanks very much. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on, mate. Um, look, it's... Absolute carnage out there, not just in sport, but from a league perspective, I know there's a load of conversations st- still happening, but where do we stand when it comes to the Guinness Pro 14? Well, we, we made a decision um, last week to to pause our tournament, to, to suspend our tournament. We haven't set a, a date for restart yet. Uh, we're obviously uh, considering our options, but until things become clearer, we think it's probably not appropriate to actually try to look at, look at rescheduling until 
until matters clearly start to improve. And when you look at it compared to, you know, say the Premiership, for example, I know it's very early stages, but I think the Guinness Pro for 14, there's going to be a lot more complicated potentially with Italy, of course, South Africa, the travel aspect around that. Do you think that does throw a more difficult scenario in the mix compared to something like the Premiership? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, comparing ourselves with Premiership is probably not, not appropriate in these circumstances because at the end of the day, we're an international tournament. Uh, we deal with, you know, our clubs come from five different unions, but we actually have six different governments that we are are dealing with in terms of, of the measures that they're putting in place. Also, the, the outbreak itself is at different levels and in different territories. So it's a very... We're in a very complex um, environment, and I, 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 as you said, we've got countries like Italy who are in complete lockdown. We've got Ireland, you know, so I'm near 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 to that same position. South Africa, just recently, in a matter of days, have just announced travel restrictions uh, of people coming from infected areas into their country. So, you know, it, it, it was inevitable for us that, that we would have to uh, postpone our tournament for for the foreseeable future. And how important was it to act so quickly? And also, how much of an impact or how much of a voice did some of the, the, the provinces and clubs around the game have on that decision? Yeah, we had to act quickly. So because of the logistical uh, factors in, in our tournament, uh, more so than perhaps others, uh, we didn't, you know, some of our provinces, for example, say, well, you know, like, for example, Leinster and Edinburgh were due to go to South Africa in the next couple of weeks' time, you know. If they had headed there, but then they couldn't get back. So apart from the player welfare aspect, which is obviously top of the top of our priority from a logistical point of view the, the practicalities were such that, that we just couldn't could, couldn't carry on and some of our clubs now have uh basically suspended uh, you know team training so they're not even working together as, as a group they're working on sort of pre-season type training programs so you know it was ine- inevitable really that uh, we, we had to make the decision that we have made and have you made uh, some discussions or had some discussions already around contingency plans around what could happen in the future? I mean, ultimately, we're in a state at the minute where we don't know what is further down the line, but you've got to have some idea of completely cancelling it or postponing it or reassessing in a few weeks' time. What, what's the situation? At the yeah, moment? at the moment, we're looking at, at various options and they're not, they're not things that we would necessarily publicise at this stage because what's very apparent in this circumstance, you may you make one decision today and it's, it's completely changed tomorrow. So, you know, if we can get our, our tournament up and running again, it's certainly something we'd like to do. But I don't think that it's... It, it, it's certainly our, our, our board is of the view that there's no point trying to, to put sort of restart dates out there because, you know, we just don't know whether we can deliver them. Well, well, thank you very, very much for coming on the on the show, and um, hopefully things can get back up and running as as soon as possible. But I uh, appreciate your hard work there, David. Yeah, no, thanks very much. Thanks for the time. Cheers, David. Thanks very much. Cheers. Bye bye. Good bloke. Yeah, great bloke. Scottish. Coming on. Scottish. It was. He sounds more Scottish than you, Jim. I'll tell Mate, you that yes, for free. But I think it's good just to get a voice there because there's stuff being published on social media around what's happening. It was nice to hear a friendly voice. I think the bottom line is that there's so much uncertainty. Whatever walk of life you're coming from and especially in sport as well no one knows what's going to happen it's unprecedented isn't it with what's going on across the world let's let's park sport for a minute across the world you know Italy's in complete lockdown you know we've got two teams in the Guinness Pro 14 that lo and behold play in Italy so you know for, for that decision to be made so fast and um, effectively that it's the right thing to do by the Guinness Pro 14 yeah there's going to be people out there you know we all sat at home this weekend and went oh there's no sport there's a bigger picture here to life uh, and yeah, it's the right thing they've done and it will change over the coming weeks as more and more information comes out as we see how this coronavirus is affecting the world. You know, the hardest thing for the Guinness Pro 14 is all the travel. 
So you, you're talking about a, a multinational tournament, aren't you? So he mentioned there that Edinburgh was supposed to go to South Africa. You've got the Italian teams, the Scottish teams, the Irish. They've canned all their schools. So it, it's a lot bigger than just a game of ruggers that some people go, oh, I'll play it behind closed doors. It, it, it's irrelevant uh, sport at the minute. So, um, yeah, they've acted fast and, and we, we'll just wait and see what happens. Hopefully, you know, we all hope that this improves and the Guinness Pro 14 gets back on its feet and concludes and they'll work out a way of concluding it and we'll be back to normal before long. Well, we mentioned that Wales v Scotland game was called off just 24 hours before it was due to kick off. And we've got someone on the line who was supposed to be playing at the Principality Stadium. Scotland back row Jamie Ritchie joins us. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. How are you all? Very good. Scotland's most valuable player, Jamie Ritchie. There you go. There's um, a good intro for you as well. But, um, mate, what's it been like? Because, look, we all know that the world's on lockdown and, you know, it's just sport in the grand scheme of things. But I saw on social media, as that's how we consume life, you lads getting off the plane in the airport, wearing your rubber gloves, uh, fully yeah. re- fully ready to go. At what point did you hear the game was going to be called off against Wales? We were actually on the bus to team run. So we were just about to arrive at the Principality. And then... Um, Gregor got up on the mic and just told us the game was postponed. So we headed back to the hotel. Did you make him sing when he got on the mic? Did you say, sing us a song, Gregor? Uh, no, but the physio actually ended up singing a song after that. But no, Gregor didn't sing for us, unfortunately. But how, how's it been? How's it been, you know, being a professional athlete, being a sportsman with all this situation? I mean, we know we're, we're watching it unfold. Everyone wants the games to go ahead. We all understand them, yet we don't understand what's going on. But how's it been, you know, being in the team environment for you? You're all focused, ready for the game. You're in the mix of a tournament. Um, everything's going well. You're in, into the final game. You're thinking about the end of the season. And the next thing, it stops. And you're not even training now, are you, with the team? Yeah, no, no, everyone's at home now. So for us, um, kind of in the run-up to it, you could see everything was getting cancelled one after after other, like all the other games, like the football, everything was kind of getting cancelled in and around our game. And our game was the only thing that seemed to be going on. And then it was, yeah, just as the la- at the last minute that it kind of got cancelled. So we were all a bit gutted. We thought we were going to get the chance to play. But like completely understandable. It was kind of, it seemed almost inevitable, like around the camp, like obviously you're preparing to play and stuff, but is always in the back of your mind that it can go ahead not dissimilar to the game at the World Cup against Japan with the all the stuff going with the typhoon like it, you saw the news there and it almost seemed impossible that it would go ahead so yeah it was pretty crazy but understandable decision in the end and what have you now been told as players uh, I know you said you're not training together now but what's the reality for a rugby player now you're not back at Edinburgh you're not allowed to go into training You do you go to the gym do you yeah so we don't really know to be honest we've had a bit of a bit of comms so Cockers before we got before we were to play Wales he said that we the boys who were away would have the week off anyway and then the Edinburgh boys were supposed to be in Monday, Wednesday, Friday but then that got called off so um, Lummers the the S&C coach just sent out some bodyweight exercises for guys to do at home they're not allowed to go to like public gyms public health clubs or anything um, just because there's a bit of a higher risk of getting something there so everyone's kind of locked up at the moment so first thing i'll do is delete that email and say i didn't receive it right is that is that the way yeah. forward yeah i think so i think so uh most probably wouldn't surprise me if a few boys have been doing that to be honest <laughs> so what will you do jamie so you, you've got a training program to do like you know what how hard are you going to push yourself because there's talk of it being a month i know it's it's probably a difficult question to answer but when you're in that team environment uh, and you're obviously training you're competing against each other what kind of things would you be doing i mean you still do martial arts you obviously can't do that now i mean we'd be pushing yourself hard we'd be hitting the roads a bit of old school uh oh, i don't really know so pretty busy at home with the kids and stuff and with the missus so for me it's just finding a bit of time and to be honest getting an opportunity to go out for a run or something is probably something 
that I'd take in an instant if I could just to try and get out of the house for a wee bit. So I think it's a bit of personal pride for a lot of guys as well. Like they don't want to see themselves getting too sloppy. So I think in terms of that, boys will probably keep themselves ticking over a bit. As you say, you don't really know when we're going to be back. So I think it comes down to, to preference, what you feel you need are for some boys. Mate, I'd be running 100k every day, mate, if I could. I can barely run 1k, mate. The four <laughs> dream of home. Absolute dream of <laughs> I know. But uh, Jamie, let's talk a little bit about Ruggers then because um, you have been one of the standout players. I think you've been excellent uh, this championship as you were in the game against Thank you Japan very much. in the World Cup. But you look at it and it probably shows everyone uh, how quickly it can turn around so you think about the first couple of games the Ireland game was a tough one to take the England game was a non-starter but actually the results after that the Italy game and then more recently and and probably more high profiles the France game so what's it been like in camp because from the outside and the media it's so easy to judge as we know we speak about it all the time but have you felt the kind of glare from the outside in because Greg has been under a lot of pressure you know Hoggy the new captain the whole Finn Russell scenario what's it been like in camp? Um, To be honest mate Around the stuff with with Finn and the perceived outside pressure on Greg and stuff within the group, uh, we've not really felt it that much. Like there was a lot of changes coming in at the start of camp compared to where we've been in the World Cup. I think all of us had had a good look at ourselves, the coaching team included, and there was a lot of change and the environment itself changed a lot for the better. I think and um, it was a much better place to be as a group, and I think. We drove standards really well in terms of training and off the field as well. So it was really good. And I think that kind of showed when we got out onto the field against Ireland. I know we didn't win, but I think on the day, potentially we're the better team. But yeah, look, we're in a really good place. And I think it was starting to come out towards the end of the tournament. And let's get on to the main talking point. I know you've been excellent on the field as well, but everyone will want to know about how your nose is after that punch from Mohamed Hawass. I mean... How was that? How was it? I mean, is it, <laughs> is it straight still? Is it, uh, is it a Mike Tindall yeah, nose so- now? It's quite funny. The picture actually makes it look like he, he caught me in the beak, but it was more on the cheek he got me. And I think the photo was just afterwards when his hand was kind of skiffing across my face. So it's just when he was bending my nose at the end. So he actually hit me in my metal cheek from when I injured it just before the World Cup. So I just need to get that checked. But apart from that, my nose is still straight, um, as straight as it can be. And I, so, yeah, no, it's, it's okay. But yeah, that was a bit of a bit of a shock to the system when I when I caught that one in the past. I think he thought I was Nick Haining. So, so, so you've uh, you're telling us you bro- he's broken his hand on your metal cheek. Is that right? Oh, I don't know. You'll have to ask him. You're hard. You're hard. Hey, mate, there him. ain't many many of us that would, would have taken that punch, mate. There ain't many of us out there. But um, I keep talking about this martial arts that you do as well. Is this true or not? But you get yourself into some unbelievable positions. And I keep saying, well, that's because he's done martial arts. Is that right or not? Or am I just talking you up too yeah, much? Yes, so I did. I did judo as a kid. I started judo probably just before I started playing rugby. And I kind of did it all the way through until I was about 15 uh, when I just focused more on my rugby. But yeah, no, I did judo. I uh, did all right. I was Scottish champion a couple of times and competed in the British championships and stuff. And you didn't think about taking that further? You, you preferred rugby? <laughs> uh, it was difficult. So I, I got a, a scholarship to play rugby at Strath Island, uh, which were a couple of other boys in the Scotland team went as well. And it was harder for me to do judo as much as the guys I was competing against. So before I went, I was doing it three or four times a week. And then and when I ended up going to Strath, like the most I could really manage was once a week. So when you're trying to fight guys who are who then up there three or four to five or six nights a week, it's, it gets pretty difficult. Yeah, I think you made the right decision, mate, the way you're playing at the minute. But what I will ask, actually, is as you're at this boarding school growing up watching Scottish rugby and watching what Jim calls himself the Scottish legend, the Scottish yeah, hero, they yeah. call, they call Jim him. Hamilton play, are you looking at him growing up thinking, <laughs> I need to play rugby for Scotland because he is shit and I need to do a better <laughs> job. I don't want to be playing with someone like him. 
I think Jim was actually, when I first went into Scotland camp, I got invited when I was at school and Jim was in there and he was very welcoming. And No, but you have to do something right to get 50 cats through your country, don't you? Mate, that's what I said, mate. Hey, hey, hey look, I, I invited it's, it's, you. I was vice captain. It's Scotland, mate. It's, I mean, they just give them away. Oh, now, don't don't I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> don't, don't be horrible, mate. I'm joking. All right, Jamie, thank you very much for joining us, mate. And uh, best of luck for the rest of the season when it gets back underway. Thanks very much. Cheers, guys. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, Cheers for Jamie. coming on. Good, Good lad. lad. Good lad. Great player. Yeah, mate. Oh, unbelievable player. Yeah, he's awesome. I'll tell you what I like most about him. Not him personally. I don't know him that personally well. Homegrown. What, what he's Scottish? He's Scottish till he dies. <laughs> but he's come through the system, is yeah. what I'm saying. So he's been to school there. He's come through the system. He's playing at Edinburgh. He's playing for Scotland, obviously. Um, and he is, I don't want to use the word, phrase world class. Future captain. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, he's got his head screwed on. He's got a couple of kids. Not that that means you've got your head screwed on. Sometimes that means you've got your head screwed off. But your head comes off. <laughs> when you've got a couple of kids, your head comes off sometimes. But I think that, when you, and he did an article actually that I read um, or did he speak about it? anyway I heard that it said that actually having two kids makes being a pressure rugby player for him easier because his focus is on that and I just think that you look at that we go back you might not remember it but against Japan he was outstanding mm-hmm. and he just spoke about it there with a plate in his cheekbone um, that he got um, just before the World Cup so he was rushing to get back and he's been him and Hamish Watson now he's back excellent I know we've got no ruggers but we can look back on it and as we know when you look back on it you are miles better so he's going to be captain of the British and Irish Lions in my opinion. <laughs> if he carries on the way that he's going and you look at the makeup of the bat rows across all the countries, stay fit, Jamie, because I'm getting you there, mate. That is uh, the most competitive area for the British and Irish Lions. In every team, though, yeah. bat rowers, isn't yeah. it? But what I love about you, James, mm. is you've just said how much you rate a player and like a player because mm. he's the polar opposite to you. What? Well, you said he's Scottish, true Scotsman, come through the system. Everything that you weren't, mate. You were English, and then you went to play for Scotland because you weren't good enough for England, right? And that's why I'm not on the plaques in the changing room. 63 counts, so he (laughs) said it. Well, we're living in almost unprecedented times at the moment, so we thought we'd get a guest on who's pretty unprecedented for the rugby pod. She's a big rugby fan and loose woman, Carol Vorderman, joins us. How are you? All right, thanks, son. I've been a loose woman for ages. Oh, no, we'll come on to that later, maybe, Carol. But uh, set the scene. (laughs) Set the scene. Uh, where are you? Are you self-isolating at the minute uh, or are you out and in, about in lovely uh, Wales? Stunning, stunning Pembrokeshire, looking out my window over the cliffs, over the harbour and it's just perfect. West is best. Oh, well, it's not in England, so no, it's not, I'm afraid. <laughs> it's out here. Well, all I want to say, Carol, is you want to see my view. I'm sat on the sofa next to Goody and he's, uh, well, I shouldn't say still oh. struggling to breathe, but he's with me oh, anyway. But, um heck. I know, but you're in Wales. Were you meant? To, are you still in Wales because you were meant to be at the game at the weekend? I half live in Wales, and I will be properly living in Wales. I've got one foot, one foot in Bristol, and one foot in Wales at the moment, and then I jump with both feet back into Wales in September. We like yeah, Bristol's yeah. as well, don't we? Bristol's is very nice. Uh, yeah. Bristol's beautiful, yeah. And you were over yeah. at Cheltenham last week as well, weren't you? At the races, you had a, had a good day there. I love, I love the races. I do a lot of stuff with the jockey club and I've got um, a bit of a horse, but I'm sort of obsessed with horse racing, really. I love it. And it's just the best day out. It's fantastic. Um, when you were at the races, did you see any of the rugby lads there? Because I know there was a lot of social I did. I saw a few. Uh, I didn't see any of the Wales boys. I saw Chipper. I saw a few of the Gloucester boys. Ollie Thorley. Uh, saw a few of the Gloucester boys. And I saw Johnny Bairstow. And I saw some of the England boys. I saw Will Stewart and Ben Earl, who I kept calling Mike. 
Oh, well, I didn't know one, his name. Oh, you just kept. You just didn't know his name. So you called him Mike. I know, I know. But I, he did play for Saris, so you know. Hey. Oh dear. Oh no. You're yeah. not a Saris fan, then. Being a Gloucester fan, are you? No. But I, I, I'm struggling to find out who you actually support. Is it Wasps or Gloucester? Gloucester. Till you don't. Cherry I told and white. You. I t- no, but ah, oh, I went to the Rico Stadium for the first time because Steve, my mate Steve Vaughan, so he, as you know, was CEO of Gloucester, and then he went to uh, Wasps for this season. Upgrade. So he said, <laughs> controversial. Uh, so he said, come up. I had no idea it was huge, that, because it was Coventry City Stadium. Is that right? Am I right? There? It was, yeah. It's now it's now Wasps' own stadium. That's our own home yeah, ground. It is sensationally good, I have to say. I mean, quite extraordinary. And the hotel and the uh, casino and uh, like arena bit as well as the stadium. Fantastic. And the Andy Good suite as well. How, how was that received when you Actually, went there? It was really good. And you know that Andy Good, it's almost as though he's done it before. He got on the stage, got in his little, like, you know, central tight suit, stage. Tight suit. Yeah. Stood up in front of everybody, holding the crowd. He's quite good. Don't tell him I said that, but he is. Oh, Carol, thank you so much. I was—I didn't hear that bit, but I appreciate it. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, 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 no. You've had a great day at Wasps. You're a massive Gloucester fan, but obviously you're a huge Welsh fan. I know you go to a lot of the games. I am. Um, were you going to the game on Saturday that was cancelled? I was, absolutely. I was going to the game, and um, which is a disappointment. But uh, I went out to Japan. I saw the Fiji and the Uruguay game, and I've seen, uh, I saw two of the uh, Six Nations. And where, 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 whereabouts do you think Wales are now? Obviously, Wayne Pivak's taken over. Well, it's interesting. So I did. A, I hosted a night with Wayne and uh, Stephen Jones and Shane Williams a couple of weeks ago uh, for St David's Day. That was a laugh because um, Goffey had told me various <laughs> stories and no one else had heard. Got them to tell it. Very, very funny. But you know what we're like. Welsh fans, we love our boys whether they come back battered and bruised or whether they come back uh, coated in glory. And, of course, they remain the Grand Slam champions at the moment. I um, will remind you, gentlemen. Well, yeah, yeah. No, that was last year. Um, I can't remember how you got on at Twitter. Yeah, but they still hold it, don't they? They do. has taken it. And I was there that day. That was a party and a half. And I like a party. I do as well. And I'm a little bit Welsh as well. I was there with Shane Williams and James Hook. I'm just name drop, dropping everywhere. But talking oh, of... Yeah, ja- I know. Oh, I like James. I know. James um, comes on my show quite a bit. Him and, well, Goffey particularly, but James quite a bit too. Well, that's what yeah, I wanted to talk about next was, was you and what, what you're up to. So we've got Loose Women, but more... Th- no, I'm not. Do I'm done yeah, Loose Women for years. Years ago. Years ago. But Countdown, that's the one where I remember it. I was coming home from school. I'd get on there. And once you got I past know, three or four, I, know, I didn't know what was happening. I know. I know. I'm like your grandma, aren't I? No. Oh, um, don't say that, Carol. <laughs> I, I loved Camden. But, you know, I did it for 26 years. I'm still only 37. But it was like, <laughs> it was like you know, I loved it. I'll tell you what, though. Life just gets better and better and better and better. Most days I wake up grinning and, like, so happy I could burst with joy. I don't know. Whatever I'm on, I want more of it. And what are you what doing then? So what are you doing? What's making you so happy? I mean, Andy uh, sweet for one night only, being a Gloucester well, fan. Exactly. Welsh exactly. rugby. I think what it is, is to, you do the little things, you enjoy the little things, you do you, everything in life, you know, it, and because I'm, you know, at a certain age now, it gives you great freedom because I don't need to work. I needed to work for a long time. I've been very lucky financially. So I like, you know, crack on. Do my thing, do my flying, fly my little plane, go and see the rugby. It's like I've fallen in love with my country all over again because I grew up, I am Welsh and I grew up in North Wales. But it's like, 
You know, that giddy feeling when you fall in love, it's like that. When I cross the Severn Bridge, I know it sounds like I'm a bit weird, but when I cross the Severn Bridge, it's like I'm like that that giddy butterflies feeling. I think, oh, yeah, you're going home, yeah. Yeah, and that, that bit's have... a bit weird. I don't get that bit. I don't, uh, well, I've never read that. And everyone has such a love. I, I'm going to ask you, honestly, night out in Cardiff, good or bad? Oh, amazing. No comment. Amazing. <laughs> My uh, favourite night amazing, out. It's amazing, isn't yeah. it? So what's not to love about life? And I've done, you know, I don't know how many broadcast programmes I've made, 8,000 or whatever. It's not about that anymore. I'm not kind of, I do the bits that I like to do and I don't bother with the rest. So, night, so I'm a very lucky woman. A, a night out in Cardiff. Do you ever go up Chip Alley? That's all I need to know because that's oh, I like hanging out. I've been up Chip Alley. <laughs> Can I tell you a story? This so place. after the, which game was it? Uh, Italy game, right? So um, I'm in the RAF as a non-regroup captain and uh, I love aviation and all of that. So a lot of the Red Arrows, old buddies, like family really, extended family. So a lot of the Welsh boys... Red arrows are going, oh, come on, boy, just go up. So we went out up Chip Alley. And I tell you what, Cardiff's getting really trendy as well now. It's on that dangerous note. And in Chip Alley, there's a bar upstairs called Lab something or other. Anyway, we're all in our Welsh tops and there's a woman's pill pulled up a Welsh top over a bra. Big girl. And she's going, Cardiff, 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 And she comes home and gives me a big cutch. <laughs> And the boys are going, oh, my God. And she's going, Carol, can you help me? Oh, wait, what was that? She said, Carol, I'm 44 and I haven't had sex for five years. What shall I do? <laughs> <laughs> Pull your top down for a start. <laughs> oh, wow. Back then you might have been able to do the motorboat as well. I'm not too sure what oh, that's playing. You've got to love it, though, haven't you? just have to love it no I do I do love Cardiff many uh, stories hey I actually felt like when I've been out there before that I've won the game even though we got beat by 40 points but a few drinks responsibly <laughs> feel like you've won it but it's also did great did you ever end up no did you ever end up in Minsky's in the drag club Minsky's. oh I had no comment Jim no definitely comment. did yeah. Jim definitely yeah. did yeah that's my scene there yeah so we are very much it's alike Harold because um, I'm looking at it as well that you spoke about you being a pilot I'm a, well I've flown a plane once when I was in Kenya um, yeah. I, I touched the steering wheel if that's what you call it um, but talk to us about that because that, <laughs> that's quite cool <laughs> <laughs> but talk to us a bit about that because I've seen some videos you can have a joystick oh is it joystick that's the one central control column we'll, we'll call yeah. it the joystick yeah I have the joystick and a throttle that's what I have oh dear but where do you <laughs> Fly to talk to us a little bit about that because I've seen on your uh, so Instagram I when I was stalking you. Plane, who I call Mildred. That's a long story, which I'm gonna bore you with now. But um, so she's a twin engine, and I'm an instrument rated pilot. So that's kind of one down from a commercial pilot. So my intention with her is to fly around the world solo. So I was meant to do that three years ago, but my mum was diagnosed with terminal cancer a few weeks before I was uh, due to take off. So um, that's been postponed, um, but uh, hopefully that will happen in the next two to three years depending on stuff but i just love it i mean it, it's just in your blood really I, and i did engineering i got an engineering degree from cambridge um and so it's always been my drive really building sites the smell of cement powder the smell of aviation fuel don't ever buy me chanel boys it's one of those other two well if you need a navigator you know where i am <laughs> <laughs> she she said, a navigator. Well, she said fly solo, James, so that means on her own. Oh, I thought that was... Uh, no, no, that it's got, got four seats. Oh, oh four it's seats. Four seats. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, it's yeah. got four seats, yeah. Very nice. And um, so something we, we know about you 
Carol, is that you've won Rear of the Year twice. Guilty. <laughs> so let, let's just put it into rugby perspective. Who would win Rear of the Year in a rugby perspective for, in your eyes? Well, it would have to be, well, it would have to be somebody scrumming down because those are the rears we see. Yes. I would vote, given what's happened in recent weeks, the other side of Alan Wing jones Oh, yes. Yeah, I see where you're going there. And obviously, he is a god to us. He isn't just a man or a great rugby player. He's a god. So, um, yes. And what was your take on that? God's cheeks. Because you can't just touch Alan Wynn like that, can you? No. I I was really disappointed with that. because because, I know you're going to laugh. But I thought I I didn't like all of that. And it is in the World Rugby Rules. And it is, you know, meant to be a minimum of 12 weeks. And I tell you why. Because it... Uh, and I know all the sort of banter and all the stuff that goes on in it, but I get all that. But it's about the impression on on young kids, and um, and that's a big, you know, part of what I do, ambassador for Air Cadets and so on. And I just didn't think it was the right thing, it, it, given it was such a hugely prestigious, massively watched game. So um, no, do better next time, Mister Marler. Thank you. Here, here. Thank you for that, Carol. All right, Carol, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your thoughts and uh, best of luck with your solo trip around the world. Yeah, whenever it happens. And anyway, night out in Cardiff, boys. You know where I am. You're taking us. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Carol. We Amen. look forward to Amen. it. <laughs> Cheers, Carol. See you. Thanks Have so much. Cheers. You too. Bye. Great woman. Good woman. Great woman. Hey, famous woman. Great woman. Pilot like my good... Well, I'm not a pilot, but I've flown a plane like her. You've flown a plane, Jim. What are you on about? I have. I swear to God. You just said you touched the, what you said was the steering wheel slash the joystick. I was in Kenya and yeah. the guy, I was sat in the front because I couldn't fit in the back and we were doing um, a charity walk for, uh, across Mount Kenya or up to Mount Kenya with Space for Giants. Get it? Space for Giants? Yeah. Elephants and me. You. I'm in the front of the plane. I'm chatting to the guy and I said I was in the Air Cadets a few years ago. And he said, oh, have you flown a plane? I said, well, I've been in a glider before. I've been in it, but he thought I said I've flown a glider. He said, well, do you want to have a fly of this? I says, mate, what would Tom Cruise do? Captain give, Hamilton. Give me give me the steering wheel, Goose. So I was taking the steering wheel. Next thing I'm flying this plane and it was like, I, it was it was funny and it was exciting at first, but next thing I am shitting myself. I've got control of this plane. It's dropped by 10,000 feet? No, it was just we were just going from left to right. He said, do you, you want to land it? I says, mate, I can try and land it. But then he um, had Jacques Berger in the back screaming, <laughs> screaming, and he didn't believe me. But yeah, uh, fellow pilot, but it's good to have her on. What a lovely woman Carol Vorderman is. Lovely lady. I mean, whatever she's on, like she said it herself, she wants more. I want some of that. She's on happiness. How happy? How happy is she? Oh, All she this doom and gloom around the world, and there's Carol Vorderman, just happy as Larry. Well, happy as Carol, really. Happy as Carol, yeah. Mm. You can't be called Larry and Carol. Well, you can. Well, we've got a new feature. Um, do you want to tell the millions of listeners, Jim, about it again or do you want to go straight into it well no just in case there's new people listening we should welcome the new people yeah so welcome to you and uh, as a lot of people will know out there i'm intelligent guy uh, i can speak a number of languages multilingual and uh goody's mum was my maths teacher so there's a few things that are lining up and you're also a pilot well i wouldn't call myself a pilot i've flown a few planes mm. let's call me a pilot <laughs> you've touched one joystick of a of i was a in the air cadets mate <laughs> I was in the air cadets, two two four two or something, or two two four six. I don't know, Sergeant. And uh, yeah, so anyway, there's a new segment, and it's called Jim will solve it. So basically, we have a riddle every week, and I try and solve it because Jim will solve it. Get it? So riddle me this, riddle me that. I'll solve the riddle. If not, peel. Um, um, yeah. So if not, then someone else will solve it. What you got for me? What is three sevenths chicken, two thirds cat, and two fourths goat? What is three sevenths chicken, 
So it's almost out. Do you know about these fractions, James? Well, it's almost Did Mrs. Good teach you about fractions? I'm doing fractions now with the kids and I don't know what's going on. I know Why didn't you listen to Miss Good at school? It was a long time ago, She's mate. a fantastic maths mate, teacher. I, 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 it was, I was going through puberty and testosterone was running through my veins. I was a maniac. Uh, two-thirds cat and two-fourths two fourths? Two fourth goat. What is three-sevenths chicken, two-thirds cat and two-fourths goat? A Big Mac from McDonald's. <laughs> a Big Mac from McDonald's is three-sevenths chicken, two-thirds cat. I hope it's not two-thirds cat. I, actually, I hope it's not three-sevenths chicken either. It's meant to be beef. I'm not scared to say this. I've got no idea what that is. Three-sevenths chicken, two-thirds cat, and two-fourths goat. I'm going to say it's food or I'm going to say, it's, in light of everything that's going on, we probably shouldn't jest about it, but I'm going to say a Big Mac. It's not food orientated, Jim. Do you know what it is? I do. You, you, so you, you must have Googled it. If you know this, you've blown my mind. Well, I'm looking at it, right? And I'll give you a bit of help. I'm looking at why is a fraction written as two-fourths mm. goat? Because it should be a half. When If you reduce down the fraction, it should be a half. So then I've looked at it and I've gone, chicken, three-sevenths. There's seven letters in chicken. Cat, two-thirds. There's three letters in cat. Right, yeah. And goat, two-fourths. Which, if it was a real fraction, you'd reduce it down to a half, but you don't because there's four letters in goat. And if you put it all together, so you've got three sevenths chicken. Are you? I absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. Well, three so sevenths you... chicken. So the first three letters are chicken. Chick. Two thirds cat. Cat. Chicago. <laughs> there you go. Chicago. Nearly. Just keep saying it and it'll get there. Chicago. Chickagog. <laughs> Not a gog. Don't put another letter on. Chickag. Chickag. Chicko. Chickago. Ch- oh. But if you say it in a different way, Just spell it out. Say it Chick- phonetically. Chicago. Ch- oh. So close. Come on, James. You can do it. You can do it. Chickago. Chickago. Say it again. Chickago. Oh, oh say it again. Close. Keep saying it. Chickago. Do you know it? You keep going. Keep, keep going. going. Keep going. Keep going, Jim. You're so close. Come on, Jim. You've got to do it, mate. People are loving this. Say it again. Chick-cats. I genuinely don't know. It's not cats. Chick- Chicago. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How yes, shit Chicago. is that? That's hardly a riddle. So you're having to work out fractions. It's not a bloody riddle. Oh, but Jim. You got to start. My goodness. You, what you've got to do, you've got to start thinking outside the box. Well, it, that's what I've done. A Big Mac. So when it's that ridiculous, when it's chi- three sevenths chicken, two thirds cat, and two fourths goat, you've got to start thinking that. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. So look into it. Oh, my goodness. And then goodness. you find Chicago. <laughs> Yeah. Chicago. There we go. I love this new feature. <laughs> Get it? Chicago, there you go. It rhymes. Yeah. Riddle me this, riddle me that. Jim will solve it. Peel back. <laughs> Should we have a look at the rumor mill? Anything floating around oh, at the God, moment, guys? Anything happening in rumor land? Yeah, imagine everyone's on lockdown. I was speaking to John Barkley about this, right? So John Barkley is in a weird position, right? So he's at the end of his contract with Edinburgh, hashtag always. And always. he's retired from Scotland. And hashtag it, as one. Uh, I get it. Now he's he's thinking, right, do I carry on playing or do I look to retire and get a job? So he's got a few options on the table to work and he might be speaking to a few clubs. Who's going to speak to players now about signing them? And in this current climate, I don't think them jobs are there anymore. It's tough to know. I I think clubs will still be, you know, it's one of them actually. When you, most clubs would have done their recruitment for next year already, I think. So what are we, we're now early March. The top players are locked down, right? 
Mm. So if you're coming out of contract, you, you're done four or five months before the end of your contract. So it's players, the hard thing is for players like John Barkley or who don't quite know what to do or, or second, third choice players or maybe some of the Saracens players that are looking to stay in the premiership, whether that's a loan move or whatever, it's really difficult. So the coronavirus has changed the world for everyone in different ways. You know, we, we talked about businesses earlier and hospitality companies, players, are they going to get jobs? Are they going to have to move? Are they, who knows what's going to happen? If you haven't signed, if you're negotiating with a club and the club have said, here's your contract, take it or leave it. And you, you, you know, you're talking to other clubs because you're hoping that something else comes to the, to the fore. And then you th- go back to your club you're at and go, actually, I'll sign that deal. Do they, do they then go, well, we don't know what's happening now with coronavirus, so that's off the table as well? It's hard, isn't it, mm. for players? It's hard for everyone. You know, who knows what's going to happen over this time? But there are some rumours. There yeah. are. Well, the big one is, and there's been a bit of interaction on social media, is about Marrow. Yeah, hey. Mark Fanning's tweeted in asking why the Premiership clubs have blocked his loan move to wrestling. I don't think they've blocked his move. I think what the Premiership clubs have done, and, and this is, again, it's going back to playing for England. So you play for England... You have to play for an English club unless there are exceptional circumstances. Now, I think those rules have been tightened up to basically make it the exceptional circumstances are basically injuries. So, Mara Otoji, by all means, you can go to Racing and play in, in the top 14, play in the Champions Cup, but you can't play for England. So, I do this a lot. I have my cake and eat it. You can't have your cake and eat it and go to play in Racing and still expect to play for England because you don't get released for the same amount of time. And, and what the Premiership clubs are trying to do is protect the products. They're probably saying you can go and play for Racing, but you can't play for England because that that is the laws and that is the regulations that we've all signed up to to try and protect the Premiership, protect the English game, promote English players coming through the English system to then play for England. So you get released. The RFU pay a lot of money to the Premiership clubs to have control over those players in and around the international windows, which we've both spoken about on here. If you're not part of that, Marrow's going back and forth to France or whatever. But so. it's Marrow. Come on, it's yeah, Marrow. It is Marrow, but you can't. It, it's, that's not an exceptional circumstance. So it would be an amazing opportunity for Marrow to go and do it. But unfortunately, if he wants to do it, he can't play for England until he comes back. So it's not fair, I don't think, for the Premiership clubs to be labelled with they've all blocked his move. They've just said he won't be able to play for England, which is fair and above board. Chris Ashton, we spoke about him the other week. He had to come back to try and play for England again, and he did. He went to Toulon, didn't get picked scored a bat- boat full of tries, came back... Left his contract. ...to sail. Left know, his contract. Oh, mate, why have you been horrible? Oh, so, the obvious. Is, um, have they blocked his move to Racing? No. Have they said if he goes to Racing, he won't be able to play for England? Probably yes. Money! Millions of pounds they've offered him. Well, something, seven figures. Uh, I, I genuinely you know, I had mate. to Google seven figures. I don't know what you... Because I thought six figures was a million. Six figures under a grand. Yeah, I know. Well, if I can know that now, don't yeah. I? I'm about to Google it. Seven and also, figures. just to clear it up for you, just I, I, I've told you this many times. I work in foreign exchange. Mm. In France, what do you earn? Euro. Well, you just said pounds. It's euros, James. Yeah, but it converted into pounds. Whether well, you have to use a broker like myself to bring your money back, don't you? Uh, Nick Izikwi. I was texting Nick Izikwi on Instagram where he's in New York. He's so lit. That's all he ever Is says. It New York's on lockdown. Yeah. They won't let me out. Who knows? I can see him potentially leaving. I'm just sick of talking about what's happening with Saris. But it's interesting one, isn't it? People talk about what would happen in the Premiership season. Are Saracens, loads of people have said to me, are Saracens still going to get relegated? Yeah, huh? Yes, they are. What about Billy and Mako? Talk of Super Rugby. I've heard that. I don't know. I, can't, I mean, I can't see that. The money ain't I, there in mm. Super Rugby. Let's be honest. The money in Super Rugby. Uh, and let, the money's there for an international player for a, a Kiwi obviously they get well looked after they get contracted to New Zealand and etc but for a foreign player going over there I don't see the value 
compared to what those boys earn over here with the houses, with Saracens, etc. They could change the face of the game, I think, Billy and Marco, as you called him, Mako. So there's talk of them going to Japan. Now, if we're talking, this is just me personally, this is the romance in me. Say Mako's had enough of England. I don't know if he has. He might have done. I know anything, just saying he has, right? Billy's suffered with injuries. We know about his broken arms or whatever and the whole stuff around Saracens. And we know, or if you don't know, that their dad is their agent and the way that the Pacific Islanders work, we know that a lot of the money goes back from wherever they earn back to where they're from. To, the, to their dad as well. Yeah. <laughs> the mum's a cleaner, apparently. 300 grand a year. I'm oh, joking. don't go I'm there joking. I'm joking. So the romance inside me says they go back via Japan. They don't play for England again, but World Rugby come up with this new thing where they can let players go back to their place of origin, Tonga. Next thing, we see Mako and Billy playing for Tonga. How nice would that be? Should we have a look at some social media questions? Oh, go God, on, then. let's do it. Do we want to finish off the Fit 15? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Oh, okay. You go six? I'll go six. Would have played eight. Is it Jacques Berger? It no, can't be. No, it's Without not Jacques. Face. No, it's not. I don't know what, with his face. I don't know what Jacques looked like when he was 10, but it's not Jacques Berger. <laughs> um, I'm going a little bit where I think he'd play now, but he did play eight for many a year. Bobby Skinstad. Yes. I'm going for him at six. Good shot. Only because he's aged very well. And he was my tour captain in Georgia with the Barbarians. We got run out of that place. So not only is he a good-looking bloke, South African legend, South African sweetheart, good friend, a fellow leader. Um, but he has aged very well. There's not many of us that do that. It's like a fine wine. Are you putting yourself in that bracket? <laughs> I I look miles better than it's I looked at 21. Jo- mate, it's a good, yeah, true. It's a good job for Suns, though, because your hair has fallen out and Suns is uh, helping it. Come back with the magic dust as well. Yes, they are. So I've got the magic dust in there. Just got so much dust at the front, it's falling out. Covering all bases, is here. Just covering all bases. Just want to look good. You got mascara on the front of your head. I just don't know when it's going to be the last podcast, man. I want to look great. Um, So Bobby Skinstar is going to go in there now. The leadership credentials, like I mentioned on the Barbars, were brought into question back then. It was legendary. Now it's probably not play on. So I'm not going to make him captain, but he's in there because he's a good lad. You've already said Brad Thorne's your captain, and you live by the sword and you die by the sword. Are you going to you going to tell him he ain't captain? Are you going to tell Brad Thorne he ain't captain of the Fit 15? No, are you going to tell him? No, I ain't. That's why he's staying captain. Okay. <laughs> now, fullback. So someone that I played with, actually. He's not a big name, but I he was a good-looking guy. And my days back at Wasps, when you get in on the Monday morning, go and sit in the young boys' changing room and say, lads, we need visuals. <laughs> tell me about your weekend. <laughs> and I could listen to this kid all day because he had some stories. Hit me. Tommy Bell. Really? Yeah, you have a look at Tommy Bell. Should I pull up a picture? Yeah, yeah, I need to see visuals. That's what I used to do. Hit me. Jim, what do you want? So I used to go in there and obviously they knew they knew I was coming in. You know, they knew I was coming in the changing rooms. It was like, sit down, hit me. Ah, is that Chris Bell's brother? It Chris is. Bell's younger brother, yeah. yeah. Belly. I mean, Chris Bell, not so much. Chris Bell, not so much, but Tommy Bell. I mean, this boy. Decent. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he is decent, a... Mate. He was a smooth operator around the streets of London. Was and he? he's a good looking boy. And I don't know what his marital status is at the minute. And I don't care because he's good looking. That's all I'm saying. Well, he's, be, he's my fullback. You can be unattached now. It doesn't matter, whatever yeah. that means. So Tommy Bell gets the nod at fullback. Richard has tweeted in and wants to know if Jim has stopped courtesy wipes. Was a global shortage of yeah, toilet I, paper? Yeah. Because the, Jim the, courtesy wipes. There is, yeah. You've taught everyone to courtesy wipe. I have, yeah. So my father in law is a bit of a hoarder and he's got these bidets in his shed. And I'm going to make sure that I get one in the house and go that way. Always laughed at people with bidets. When I was on holiday, I used to clip my toenails in them. Easy to wash them down. No one flinches. 
swear to God, I did not know they were for your arse. I had no idea. So for people with shortage of toilet roll, I think it's pretty weird, but um, I'm sorry. And I will literally use half a roll now. That's it. Mr. Matt Ruskin has tweeted in and he wants some childcare tips from Jim. He wants childcare tips Mm. from Jim. Headphones in. (laughs) Pretend you're asleep. Say your thyroid's playing up. So basically, yeah. you, you, you're at home, you've got your headphones in, you pretend you're asleep, and then when the kids say, Daddy, wake up, you tell the missus you're real and go to bed. It's interesting this, right? Well, maybe it's not that interesting. So I've seen a few people on social media, not a few, I've had a couple across the years say that they saw Jim Hamilton at Jim Hamilton 4 telling his kids off in the street. I shouted at the kids on Saturday. Did you? Yeah, shouted at JJ, Why? big what time. Do, what did he do? Just kids in lie, just saying... Time and time again. So we're at the park. We're loving life. The twins are out. They're running in different directions. I'm slipping around. My back's in absolute pieces. But I'm happy. I'm out there. It's fresh air. JJ and Phoebe are like, right, can we have a little bit longer? Give you five minutes. Then you give them the three-minute warning. Then the two-minute warning. Then the one-minute warning. Then we we need to get back in the car now. Oh, Dad, moaning. Don't, oh, Dad, me. And I've gone, JJ! And he's about 10 metres away from me. I said, get in the car. I, I should have said effing, but I'm not allowed to swear. Get in the car now. Disciplining kids now is near on impossible, unless you've got the patience of a statue. So you look at it now and the way they do it. My wife, thankfully, is patient. I just lose my shit. I'm a sh- I go to, my go-to is shouting. Is shouting. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. But I'm like, you need to listen. You need to listen to me. So I'm probably the wrong person. I'm trying to evolve. I'm going to go out, Dad. I'm getting out in the fresh air. Go out, get sticks. You want to make a fire? Make one. I ain't bothered. I think you should have stopped it. I'm a go out, Dad. Like, you just go out and leave the kids at home. No, I wish I did. I should go out more. So, parenting's hard. Hey, it's hard for everyone. Everyone's different. Every child's different. Right, let's finish things off with the good, the bad, the ugly, which is brought to you by Sons again this week, isn't it, Goody? Yeah, I'm a month into the Sons routine, and I'm using the shampoo, the tablets, the vitamins, and the topical solution. Once a day, and my hair is feeling great. Does it look great, Jim, or what? Well, yeah, but you also pay five grand to get yours done as well. I didn't pay anything, so. but yeah. It's tried and tested to deliver results in over nine out of ten lads, and I definitely feel like I'm one of those. How are you getting on, James? Well, I'm smashing the vitamins, and, um, mate, it's coming back. I started to sprout again. There are sprouts coming through. It's coming back, I think. Yeah, it's coming back. Yeah, yeah. Hair loss is an issue a lot of men don't talk about, but sons are helping to change that and offering a solution. They have a range of pharmaceutically licensed and medically proven products for preventing hair loss. Their free online consultation with specialist physicians takes less than two minutes and delivery takes just a few days. They deliver results in 9 out of 10 men and all for a reasonable monthly cost with no hidden costs or charges. So give baldness the boot and go to sons.co.uk and use the code RugbyPod10 to get your first month for just 10 quid. That's S-O-N-S.co.uk and the code is RugbyPod10. So go and check them out. The good. I normally start this off by saying plenty of good this week, but there wasn't because there wasn't a massive amount of rugby, but I found some good. And of course, we always have to mention... One of my old clubs in the good, don't we? It's become a habit. And Newcastle Falcons played on Friday night. They thrashed Bedford 41-0 at Kingston Park. They are on their way back up if they can finish the season off and make sure they get promoted. Uh, so good from them. What else was good? The Hurricanes over in Super Ruggers. There was a bit of Super Ruggers. Andy Rowe, did you watch a bit of that? I did watch a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch any Premiership Rugby? No, I didn't know it was on. No, there wasn't any on. Um, you know the Hurricane so scores the real storm. Exactly. Anyway, Hurricanes winning 27-24 away at the Chiefs. And particularly... 
Geordie Barrett for his game-winning penalty. He's making a habit of that. In the 83rd minute. That boy can kick, let me tell you. Uh, What else was good? Scottish Rugby announcing a £500,000 fund to help clubs facing immediate financial difficulties because of coronavirus. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. But the big news... What, Scotland put 50 on Wales? Scotland under 20, who beat Wales under 20s, 52-17 in Colwyn Bay after only winning one game prior to that and flying off... No, God, don't say that. Come on. Yeah, well, they only won one before that, so... (laughs) Uh, fly half Nathan Chamberlain in particular uh, he scored a hat trick and 32 points in total 50 uh. so the good this week goes to Scotland under 20s Mate, thank you hashtag as one hashtag always under 20s as one hashtag 50 uh. <laughs> uh, the bad a couple of bad bits actually we'll start off in Australia with the Waratahs they've had a mention before but they've now lost five of their six games this season and were humped my humps 47-14 by the Brumbies absolutely dominated they were still uh, out though they still went out that's not great uh, but Michael Hooper says they can still win it uh, in your dream son anyway 47-14 absolutely humped and also the Lions they were finalists three years in a row from 2016 to 2018 Andy Rowe did you know that yes I did know you that. did know that good yeah. but they've lost five out of their six games too and were hammered 43-10 by the Blues Blues are going well, aren't they? They are going well. Shame this season's being cancelled. the first time the Blues have done well in years. It has. First best in the decade. Uh, so that's pretty bad from the Lions. Um, but the bad this week's going to go to one man and one man only. He's a Harlequin. Oh, fine then. Is that okay, Jim? Mate, completely fine by Mike, me. Mike Brown come, oh, coming out and saying Alan Wynne-Jones has thrown Joe Marler under the bus. He's and looking after his mate. He's looking after his mate. He's looking after his mate, but you can't attack someone who has been attacked by Joe Marler by his hand touching his genitalia. It's not Alan Jones's fault. It's a brownie, mate. Not so much, pal. You're the getting the bad this week. You don't need to come out and make a ridiculous comment like that, supporting your mate Joe Marler, when he touched the genitalia of, as Carol Vorderman said earlier, a god. You just don't do that. So Mike Brown gets the bad. Uh, the ugly, uh, only one ugly thing I could find this weekend, and it was Crusader's replacement hooker, Hugh Roach. You know him, Andy? First time I've ever seen him. He was given a straight red card for elbowing an opponent in Saturday's Super Rugby game against the Sunwolves. So that's the ugly. Hugh Roach, you have it, son. Thanks, Scooter. You've got a couple of shout-outs to finish off with, don't you? Yeah, we have indeed. But first, we've been asked for a bit of advice. Lixin is best man for his mate Ewan. So he wants Jim and I to give him some marriage advice that he can pass on to the groom for his speech. Deny, deny, re-accuse. That's a good one That's simple, mate. Just deny. Deny it, deny, and then if they don't accept the denial, blame them. Yeah, that's right. fair. And what I learned the other week, never give the missus the time you're coming in. Because if you're a minute late, you're late. Or give them the hour that you're coming in, but don't tell them if it's AM or PM. There you go. So if you leave, good. if you go at eight, said so you'd be back by six, is it six the next evening? Well, there you go. That's up for that's up for debate. Just don't give it? a time. Don't give an exact, I'll be back by 10. Just don't say it. I'll be back by one. Just say I'll be back when I'm back. I'll see you in the morning. See you tomorrow. So there we go. That's the advice. Anyway, good luck with that. And I've got a shout out to a Spanish rugby player, Buda Garcia from James Callender, who met him while playing for Mezquita Rugby Club in Cordoba in Spain. Uh, Buda felt some pain in his calf whilst training a little while back and then he went to get it checked out. It prompted a long series of tests that ended up with him being diagnosed with leukemia at the age of 27. He's hoping to be back out on the field as soon as he can and he's doing really well, having just finished off his first round of chemotherapy. So we're sending our best wishes to him from here at the Rugby Pod. Oh, and apparently he doesn't speak great English. Uh, But if we say Animo Buddha, 
He'll understand what we mean, Jim. On those trez. There you go. Animo Buddha. Um, yeah, big shout out to you, buddy. And we've also got a shout out to Ben Telfer. He's doing a three peaks challenge soon in memory of his dad who died last year. And he's raising money for Mind, which is a great charity working in mental health that we know all about good. We've spoken about them before. So just check out justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Ben Telfer for more information on his challenge. Good luck to you, buddy. Yeah, I hope that goes well. And on a similar note, I mentioned to Gemma Norton, who set up a Facebook group called the Injured Players Squad, which helps players of all abilities who've suffered injuries and offers mental health support. So good on you and definitely check that out if you think it could help. One last shout out as well. Neil Clark, a.k.a. Clarky, uh, who was at Exeter. Uh, I think he played in the top 14 as well. He did. I think it Leon. Was it? There you go. There you go. We set up a new venture. It's a good venture and it might be getting hammer in this summer because not just the fact that we're plugging it on the podcast but that no one can travel as well he set up a golf resort so it's a golf course and restaurant down in cornwall the link is on his instagram but it's wild dream accommodation and it's a family-run resort i've looked at the pictures it looks very nice i might head down with the family so check clarky's place out wheeled dream w-h-e-a-l-d dream dream get it accommodation check it out Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Gertie. And thank you for listening as well. We really appreciate everyone who subscribes and follows us on Twitter and particularly those that leave us a nice review on iTunes. And don't forget, if you're in need of more great rugby content while you're stuck indoors, check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. (laughs) 